the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. So a lot of people are worried about what happens when Republicans are going to take back the House. It looks inevitable, whether it's going to be by a one-seat majority or a 100-seat majority. It should be, by the way, an 80- to 100-seat majority. If Republicans do their job... This November, we should win districts that are Democrat plus 10, Democrat plus 15. We should execute a red wave. We had Rich Barris on the program yesterday. We talked all about redistricting. And I believe it is on Republicans, not on Democrats' failure, whether or not we are going to take back the House. But the question is, what are Republicans going to run on? And more importantly, what are they going to do if they take back the House of Representatives. Well, a newly released article from Washington Examiner goes through that, what Republicans are planning to do if they win back the House majority. And we're going to go piece by piece of what they are promising their voters. And it's about time that we hold our elected officials accountable, because if you're like me, you're probably exhausted and tired and cynical that Republicans keep on winning elections and we lose the country. So what are Republicans going to do to make sure that doesn't happen? The Republican Party plans and promises that if they take back the House of Representatives, similar to the contract with America. Now, why Republicans do not replicate the contract with America every election cycle is beyond me. But Kevin McCarthy and House Republicans, including Jim Jordan and some phenomenal base conservatives, have said they are going to. Number one, here's what Republicans plan to do. I like some of this. I think this is some grassroots-driven energy. Some of it's all right, but some of it is phenomenal. Pass a Parents' Bill of Rights. Republicans in November released draft legislation that aimed to require school districts to post curriculum publicly, require teachers to offer two in-person meetings per year, prevent schools from selling or sharing student data without parent permission, and require students to notify parents of violent activity on school grounds. Really basic stuff, McCarthy said on a recent episode. Next one, China COVID-19 accountability measures. A plan released by House Republicans China Task Force last year called for legislation to declassify information on the origins of COVID-19, prohibiting U.S. funding from gain-of-function research. So here's where I think they're taking a good approach. They need to use their newfound political power for aggressive oversight. That's actually the next point. Take an aggressive oversight posture. In the minority, Republicans on committees can, do not have the power to compel witnesses to speak under oath. In the majority, Republicans aim to use that power liberally, particularly if they do not have a supermajority to overcome filibuster in the Senate or override any vetoes from President Biden. Republicans want to invest, investigate the following. Where, how we had the U.S. troops withdraw from Afghanistan and giving them $85 billion in weapons. The origins of where COVID came from the National School Board Association's relationship with the Department of Justice and asked if federal agencies threatened to stop threats of violence. 
Also, what's happening on the U.S.-Mexico border? Republicans have already issued preservation notices and document requests to relevant agencies and individuals related to these items. They're going to eliminate House rules implemented by Pelosi, kind of technical stuff like masked men not being able to vote by proxy and vote remotely. Take on big tech. They're going to put forward a framework to take on big tech calls to reform Section 230, prevent the companies from discriminating based on political affiliation, and increase their transparency. Also, back a antitrust bill that would give states attorneys, attorney generals more control over where antitrust litigation is conducted and then strip House Democrats from certain committees. In retaliation for Democrats removing Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar, House Republicans plan to strip Elon Omar, saying that she should not be on the Foreign Affairs Committee and Adam Schiff should not be on the Intelligence Committee, which he's currently the chairman. Nor should Eric Swalwell be on the Intelligence Committee or the Homeland Security Committee. This is actually okay. Would you agree, Connor? This is actually some pretty good velocity. Now, I think it's a start. You can only do so much if you do not have the White House. But saying that we are going to take an aggressive oversight posture, that we are going to strip Democrats of committees, we're going to give them a taste of their own medicine, is a very good move. Now, let me also say this, though. People are saying, Charlie, should we impeach Biden? Biden is only there temporarily. I think we should have impeachment proceedings against Merrick Garland. I think we should have impeachment proceedings against all the deeper part of the apparatus. Divide their regime. Yeah, you could impeach Joe Biden. I think that's largely futile, honestly. They're going to replace him with somebody very soon. He's just a placeholder. He's a bridge. Instead, go after the lieutenants. You know, when you try to indict a mob case, when you try to go after the mob, you don't go after the head of the mob immediately. You go after the bagman, or you go after the driver. You go after the ground troops. You go after the lieutenants. And so, you know, Biden says he's going to run again. I don't believe it, nor is that a threat. But all of a sudden, you should go after Merrick Garland, impeach him, or go after any one of these people, like Tony Blinken, or Pete Buttigieg, or Lloyd Austin, and force... Joe Biden to defend his cabinet member. And then those cabinet members are going to have to decide. Are they going to say that Biden gave them the orders to do these things and Ron Klain to save their own political future? Or are they going to defend themselves? That's the question. And so if we are looking at restoring and building the parents' party, which we should, the Republican Party should be the party of parents, We need to declare that parents have sovereignty over their kids. Parents are not co-parents with the government. The citizens are sovereign. Who's in charge? That's a question that we've been asking ourselves collectively and also individually. Who's in charge of our country? Who's in charge of your child's education? Who works for who? Now, the United States Constitution, the greatest political document ever written, says very clearly the people are the sovereign and that rulers need to be representatives. That people in charge should not act as if they are a ruling class, but instead of representative body. Big difference. Now, there is an extraordinary piece here I want to walk through, and it's not something that's a mistake. So a lot of times when you hear one of these outrageous stories, and someone gets caught in the midst of this, they'll say, oh, I didn't mean to say that. I got caught off on a hot mic. I got 
I was taken out of context, all these different sorts of excuses that are used. There's this incredible op-ed that was written by Richard Robinson. You've probably never heard of him before. I hadn't either until this story came out. He is a school board member on the York Suburban School District Board. That is in York County, Pennsylvania. Now, I know York County better than most. It is not a suburb of Philadelphia. It's out about a little bit west of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's in a more rural part of Pennsylvania. It's about an hour and a half north of Baltimore is where York is. And not far from Harrisburg, the state capital. Well, this school board member, Richard Robinson, wrote an op-ed, an opinion piece. He said, no, I do not work for you, parents. York Suburban School District board member Richard Robinson wrote an op-ed. He said that the ability to be able to show up to school board meetings is the following. The provision gives residents of a school district the chance to vent their spleens about exorbitant taxes or demand subjects be taught properly the way they were during the most frigid period of the Civil War. In the past, more often than not, nobody showed up. But not these days, as social media outlets and national news broadcasts and our local newspapers tell us, school boards are now the new battleground in the fight for America's future. Amen, they are. This bothers Richard Robinson. He says, parents who show up and give public comment have, quote, the collective intelligence of a village idiot. Now, remember, this guy wrote this. It's not some mistake. It's not some caught on camera mic. No, he wrote this in an opinion piece. Some members of my community, here is my community, yeah appear to interpret this part of broad board meetings as the occasion to tell board members why they have the collective intelligence of a village idiot and how the school district ought to be addressing real problems. He continues by saying, far too many elected officials have shown over the past two years that the consent of the governed is a little more than an inconvenient speed bump on the road to advancing their unpopular agendas. Mocking and dismissing the concerns of community may be cathartic for petty dictators, but it's not a path to electoral success. This is what Nicole Neely said in response to Richard Robinson. She said that, and she runs the Parents Defending Education. This article continues Richard Robinson by saying, With all due respect to the men and women who come up to me and say, I'm a taxpayer, you work for me. Robinson, the school board member, says, no, I don't. I don't work for you. I was elected by the people who voted to represent you. What? No, so I don't work for you. I was elected by the people who voted to represent you. So where does the money come from, Mr. Robinson? Richard Robinson says, do parents always know what is best for their kids? No, they don't. Nevertheless, if you are offended because I don't think parents are infallible, then you can always sue or take your child out of school. Your choice. A lot of parents are. Homeschooling is going to double this year. We just had a recent podcast with Lee Bortons from Classical Conversations. I encourage all of you guys to listen to the Charlie Kirk Show podcast and get your kids and grandkids out of public school immediately. It's destroying their life. Robinson wrote, quote, Parents who claim that health and safety measures are damaging to children's mental health to justify their own social agenda are the most offensive and vile of all. 
Finally, with all due respect to the charlatans who claim health and safety, me- I, I just re- I just reiterated that. There are members of this community who try to draw attention to the warning signs of increasing mental distress among our children long before you ever thought of mental health as a potential cudgel. Cudgel. To listen to your repeated distortions of the facts is nauseating. Very clearly, I don't work for you. Now, why are we spending time on this? Well, this in York, Pennsylvania, which is predominantly a rural town, you have a school board member telling parents you are not in charge. And this is really going to be a deciding moment for millions of families across the country, which is, who has sovereignty over your children? Who's in charge? If it's this bad in York, Pennsylvania, just think how bad it is in New York or Chicago, for those of you in District 214 or 211 in AM 560, The Answer, or Philadelphia or Los Angeles. This is York, Pennsylvania. Santa Barbara, San Francisco, San Jose, Austin, Texas. They're not hiding their radicalism anymore. Do you notice that development recently? That they are wearing it on their sleeve. Come on, parents. It's not like you're in charge. You know, it's really interesting. Democrats used to camouflage their radicalism through poll-tested sound bites and cushy one-liners and approved bumper stickers. Now they do the opposite. Now they just say exactly what they believe and let the consequences fall where they may. Well, if you don't work for the parents, who do you work for then? That's a good question. It's not to the voters because the parents are the voters. It's not to the children. No, they work for the state. You see, people like Richard Robinson who writes this op-ed, again, not some sort of off-the-cuff remark, not some sort of thing he regrets that he said. Instead, this is a thoughtful op-ed. By thoughtful, I mean he thought it through. You don't write things like this by mistake. He published it. He peer-edited it, I'm sure. He says, no, I don't work for you. Well, parents, you should be insulted, offended, and compelled by this sort of language. But I do appreciate his honesty. I appreciate the honesty because they are so arrogant, they don't even try to sugarcoat anymore. That should be a fire alarm for a lot of our parents listening right now. If you send your child to public school, very few school board members will be as explicit or will be as clear as Richard Robinson. But it does beg the question, How many school board members believe this? They just aren't willing to write. I mean, this guy's obviously disturbed and deranged to write this into a op-ed. But I'm sure there are thousands of school board members across the country that hold this view. Thousands. Parents, I don't work for you. With all due respect to the men and women who snarl, I'm a taxpayer, you work for me. No, I don't work for you. If we are serious about retaking the country, if we're serious about stopping the Great Reset, if we're serious about reinstituting the Constitution, the citizen must be clear that the people who are in temporary positions of power, you are a representative. You are not a ruler. 
So there is a looming drama that's happening right now in Loudoun County. And I'm going to tell you my take on it, what I think is going to happen next. Loudoun County, of course, is the suburbs of Washington, D.C., and was the epicenter of Virginia going from deep blue to all of a sudden red, thanks to the successful race and candidacy of Glenn Youngkin. Now, Glenn Youngkin has been surprising a lot of people. i got to give him credit. He signed some phenomenal executive orders on his first day in office, and he also set up a tip line for parents and students to be able to send in tips of bias and outrageous behavior that is occurring in their local schools. Now, let me just make a prediction. The left-wingers, the activists, they're going to flood these tip lines with such spam. It's going to be almost over overwhelm the system. And I don't know how long that's actually going to hold. But after a week of sending students to auditoriums, libraries, and gyms for not masking in schools, Loudoun County principals are telling students like Nicholas Sanchez they'll be suspended if they don't comply with the school's mask mandate. Now, this is a looming fight right now for Glenn Youngkin because Glenn Youngkin signed an executive order on optional masking. Now, why parents have this possessive focus on trying to make sure children have masks on is really creepy and dark. It's that simple. It's creepy and it's dark. And you know they actually don't believe it themselves. A unrelated but totally related story is a tangent is Gavin Newsom was at the at SoFi Stadium watching the Rams Niners game, not wearing a mask at all, yet he makes it a point to make sure the children of California have to wear masks all day long in school. He doesn't actually believe his own nonsense. Of course not. We know, we've known that for a while. I mean, there was an attempt to get rid of Newsom and after the French Laundry deal, and that attempt was unsuccessful. He's still governor, but I still supported it nevertheless. California is in its own, its own world. Glenn Youngkin's executive order on optional mas- masking went into effect. Frustrated Loudoun County parents take over school board meeting, many upset over masks. The Platt families, two elementary school boys and middle schooler, didn't mask last week either. And they were issued formal warnings at the end of the school week, and they had a meeting with school administrators. This is what they were told by their kids' school. Quote, if they come on Wednesday and they defy that and they do not comply, then they will be issued a trespassing order. I haven't heard that from other schools, but it elevates things. Mrs. Platt, their mother, says, you've been warned. If you come, you'll be physically removed from the property. There's a lot of tense emotion in that room. It was no joke. It seems silly that they'd threaten a first grader or hang college over their head. The father, John Platt, says, as a family, we'll discuss that because these kids take that pressure differently, especially the little little one. To the Platt family, let me just say, please take your kids out of school. This is not worth it. It's child abuse. It's social abuse. It's emotional abuse. If your child is still going to a school or an institution that mandates a mask, you must have a really good reason to keep them there. Or maybe you think that masking is just fine, despite the fact that stuttering, speech development issues, IQ development, depression, anxiety are all on the rise that can have direct correlations and connections with mandatory mask wearing. And that's not my own data or my own interpretation. Dr. Mark McDonald, author of United States of Fear, came on this program last week and said exactly that. Seven News has seen letters from Loudoun County school principals that say students who are suspended for not masking may return to school, but only when they agree to follow COVID mitigation measures throughout the entire school day. No accommodations for natural immunity. Not to mention, these are children. They do not have any sort of 
significant risk of even having a serious case, let alone dying from the Fauci Chinese coronavirus. There's something at play here, and it's pathological, it's creepy, it's dark, of parents that are so obsessed over making sure children wear masks. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. I was recently preparing to interview former National Security Advisor General H.R. McMaster, retired from the United States Army, revisited his 1996 book on the Vietnam War, Dereliction of Duty. It's difficult not to apply the lessons of the United States' ultimately terribly destructive commitment in Vietnam to what we have experienced in the very different crises presented by COVID-19. The similarities are surprising and striking. President Johnson's defense secretary, Robert McNamara, demonstrated a dramatic willingness to lie that was astonishing. Criticisms of Anthony S. Fauci today are likely rooted in the misrepresentations the doctor has made. This Fauci as McNamara comparison is now settled in my mind. A new NBC poll asked respondents if they trust the CDC. 44% said yes. 43% said no. That's a crisis of trust in not just the CDC and other public health authorities, but especially in Tony Fauci. It's a new so-called credibility gap and is in itself a public health crisis. We're in the middle of a domestic equivalent of the Vietnam catastrophe brought about by the latest iteration of those purported to be our best and our brightest. Let's stop, look around. Something's happening here, and we have to stop it. I'm Hugh Hewitt. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program for leaders. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.